Hey, everyone, and welcome to the newest episode of The Jay Davis Show. I'm super excited to have Cliff Weitzman here today with us. He is the founder and CEO of Speechify. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Cliff. You got it, Jay. Glad to be here. Well, do you want to give everyone just a quick rundown on your background and kind of your bio and how you got to where you are today? Sure. I'll give you like the 30 seconds. Uh, I grew up in Israel. I was in the U.S. when I was 13. I'm super dyslexic. So first, second, third, fourth grade, I had a tough time learning how to read. Uh, I built about 36 different products in college, everything from 3D printed skateboard breaks to iPhone apps and websites and payment systems. Um, when I was 21, I wrote a 30-page paper about my worldviews. And uh, the conclusion is I wanted to be the person that I needed most when I was young. And the thing I needed was someone to read my books to me. Um, and I distilled that into like the 28 principles that I believe that most of the people don't believe. And my conclusion is I'm the person that I am mainly through my experience overcoming dyslexia and listening to audiobooks a week, every week for the 15 years prior. Um, and 2015, I started listening to a lot, well, reading a lot of academic papers about narrow applications of deep learning, especially relating to speech synthesis, transcription, translation, natural language processing, recommendation engines. And so I took uh, one of the tools that I built, which was a Texas speech tool, and um, made it so that other people could use it. Fast forward a couple of years, it now has 25 million users. We're the largest provider of speech AI technology in the world. Um, the iPhone app has been the number one app in its category for about four and a half years. The Chrome extension has been the number one app in its category on Google for about four years. We're 120 folks in the company, 30 AI, AI engineers, 75 engineers uh, working on the iOS, Chrome, Mac, SDK side, and make it super easy to turn anything into an audiobook. So you can scan a physical book, it'll read it to you. You can open your email, it'll read it to you. Um, you know, the news, ChatGPT, PDFs, uh, anything. And uh, we teach people how to listen really fast inside of the product. We also have um, one of the biggest um, like audiobooks product, Speechify Books. Um, and a bunch of other you know, smaller products. But the main part is the BDC product. Outside of that, I do a sport called parkour. It's like a mix, mask of some martial arts. I write a lot of music. I listen to a lot of audiobooks, and I travel a fair bit. That's amazing. Where do you live again? Uh, I live between London, Florida, New York, and LA. Nice. Uh, dude, that's awesome. Well, I have tons of questions. One of the ones I would love to maybe just start with is how do, uh, how do I get better at listening to audiobooks faster. Uh, you threw yeah. that out there. I think that's something I talk to people about. I have friends who listen at three, three and a half, who are, I just can't even get that. I'm usually like a two. And then I have my wife who like anything over one, she's like, Ugh, I'm stressed out. I can't do this. So, Well, I mean, it's pretty easy, right? So uh, you said I have friends who listen at three, three and a half. I can't even get that. Do you have friends who can run like a six minute mile? Totally. Can you run a six minute mile? I cannot. Do you believe that you could run a six-minute mile if you practiced? Oh, sure. I'm sure I could. It's exactly the same thing. Yeah. It's just it's much more useful to be able to listen at 3x speed than it is to run a six-minute <laughs> mile. Um, so here's how you do it. Um, listening, like reading, is something that you get better at the more you practice it. Yeah. And so when people talk to me about getting into audiobooks, the first audiobook, you're not going to love. It's hard. The second one, also, it's a slog. The third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth. After 10 audiobooks is when you can start deciding whether you enjoy listening or not, because yeah. that was the process needed for you to get good at listening. And you get good at three things. You get better at the comprehension, you get good at the speed, and you get good at doing other things while listening. So ideally, you want to get to the point that you can ride a bicycle and listen at 3x speed and think about it and fully comprehend all at the same time. And if you listen to 10 audiobooks, you'll start getting pretty good. Um, the goal with speed is you want to listen always at the speed that is the max speed at which you can intake and still, you know, comprehend and enjoy. Yeah. And so there are books that I will slow down because 
like the speaker speaks fast or it's really dense information or it's like a fantasy novel and I'm like, I'm, I just don't want it to end. Yeah. But like, I can't bear to listen at less than one and a half, two X speed. Like I want to jump out the window. Um, very similarly to if you were a really good runner, it's really annoying to go run with someone who runs like a 12 minute mile. Yeah. You'd rather not run. Um, or what you end up doing is, you know, you'll run to the post and you run back and you run there and you run back. Like you, you want to run at the speed that is the right speed for you. What I found, especially for people with uh, ADHD, is our brains work really fast. Um, and the reading speed for most people is 200 words per minute. So if your brain is going at 500 words per minute, but you read at 200 words per minute, that is very boring. Yeah. What you want is the speed of the information it takes to be equal to the speed at which your mind is working. And if you do that, then it becomes really enjoyable to consume information. And so the first thing to do is just to decide, I want to learn how to listen fast. And my goal is to listen at 3x speed and progressively change the speed of podcasts and audiobooks um, and YouTube videos to be a 3x. So you can download a product called Video Speed Controller that lets you change the speed of YouTube and any HTML5 video on your browser by 0.1 increments. So I listen to most videos on my computer at like 3.5, 4x speed. And when it's something that I know well, I use the keyboard shortcut D, so DDD to increase the speed. And if it's very dense, I'll slow it down, SSS. Same thing for using Speechify on Mac. I highlight text, option A to read. It reads at 700 words per minute. And if I want to slow it down, option SSSSS, speed it up, option DDDDD. And that's it. That's amazing. Well, I'm going to keep practicing because uh, I, I feel the same way. Man, I do one and a half and I'm like, oh, this is so boring. Uh, I think it's when I get much past two and a half, I, the comprehension definitely goes down. And so I just start to feel so like, like yeah, lifting weights is exactly like lifting weights is progressive overload. Like you just got to practice it and you'll get yeah. really, really good. Like the brain is super plastic and people can listen at 4x speed. It's just a matter of practice. Yeah. I love it. Well, that, that's, that's awesome. Um, around entrepreneurship, did you always think you would be an entrepreneur? Or was this something that you kind of started as a kid? What was your entrance into being an entrepreneur? Yeah, so going into university, I remember we had to write a letter to our counselor. And it was very clear to me that I was either going to be an entrepreneur or I would go like do like finance or investment banking or something like that. Um, I came into university with a dual major in renewable energy engineering and economics. And I dropped economics halfway through because it's a topic that comes very intuitively to me. And I read a lot of books about it. Um, and instead, I went and took computer science courses. And for renewable energy engineering, that was a mix of like nuclear physics, photovoltaics engineering, computer science, industrial design, etc. Um, I had built a business in high school called Cliff's Coupons, where I would go and negotiate a 10 to 20% discount from local merchants. And I would like sell an envelope to other kids with discounts to like restaurants that we all liked. Um, and then I built a uh, pressurized air cannon that would drape fire retarded blankets over houses that were on fire and choke out the fire and you know started to work on a patent for that and then i made a 3d printed skateboard break um that i patented and then i built a bunch of iphone apps and websites and payment systems and stuff like that and i learned that building software products was much faster than building physical products yeah. and i just spent a lot of time when they had a code um which i highly recommend everybody does and um when i was a kid i would go on walks with my dad and he would talk to me about life and the world i'm one of five kids and he'd explain, you know, here's how the stock market works. Here's what a company is. Here's why you would want to take out loans to buy real estate. Um, here's how a mutual fund is different than a hedge fund. And this is like conversation we were having when I was eight, nine. So my view of the world was relatively fleshed out, um, even at a young age. 
And so it was very kind of easy for me to, to navigate. And I did one internship at a company called Retail Me Not as a product manager. And uh, I hated it. Uh, the people were super nice, super smart, interesting company, but it was moving super slow. And I did not enjoy uh, following a plan that I did not think was good. And I rebelled. And I insisted on working on a product that I wanted. And I recruited three people to work part-time on my product. And by the end of the summer, the division I was in got shut down, except for my profit product that was already very profitable for the company, so they kept it. Um, and I started a thing called findmescholarships.com where uh, I hired 10 freelancers to find and apply to scholarships for me full-time when I was in college. And uh, that helped me get rid of my college loans, but then other people started to use it for the same reason. But that was important to me because I had a lot of loans and I didn't perceive that I could do the thing that's that I wanted if I had to pay back all these loans all the time. Yeah. Um, and so that allowed me to sidestep getting in, like a normal job right after college. Um, and I just did the math that I could go get a job at Google or any of these companies anytime. I might as well, and I would be depressed if I did it. So I might as well go for the thing that I really care about and be the person that I needed most when I was young. And if I failed two, three, four years in, all right, I'll go work at Google. I'll be more qualified than most people there because spend the entire time picking up skills. Um, and then I will not regret it. So applying, you know, the Jeff Bezos regret minimization framework. Uh, I will not regret it because I gave it a full bat for the thing that I wanted to do. Yeah. It's always the, I, I think that's always the challenge that people who before becoming an entrepreneur kind of struggle with. And then once you've done it, you're like, that's kind of the least thing you should be worried about. Um, because you're going and trying something new and you're stretching yourself, really, you can always go get a job. Like it, it's not, yeah. it's not the end of the world if it doesn't work. Uh, but, but before people do it, they do think that it's, they're stuck in that. Like, well, what if it doesn't work? Uh, it doesn't work. <laughs> It's, uh, and I mean, it's just logic to it too. Like, there's a very clear pipeline of hiring students from universities. Yeah. Um, and if you get yourself outside of the pipeline, no, it is a little bit harder to get a job. Yeah. And, you know, this weird window inside of your resume and yada, yada. I think it's become a lot more acceptable now than it was 10 years ago, for sure. Totally. Uh, but I think that it just requires high belief in yourself, ideally, family or friends that will, will love you regardless of the situation. Um, and if you have that, you're set. Yeah. Uh, and you said you grew up in Israel until high school, end of high school? Uh, I was 13, yeah. Until oh, 13, grade. yeah. Family's still there? Uh, all my extended family is there, and then my nuclear family is here. So I'm yeah. one of five. That's awesome. Uh, what, as you worked with your dad and, and, and you think back to some of those lessons, what do you think some of those lessons were that really prepared you to eventually do what, what you now do? I think my dad uh, really believed in us um, and me and all my siblings. Um, and like the expectation was that we would perform really well, but my parents like never checked our grades or anything like that. Yeah. I just really want my dad to be proud of me and same thing with my mom. And they're both really good at research. So they did a great job, you know, figuring out, oh, he has dyslexia. Here's what we need to do. Um, and obviously it was hard and we didn't know everything all, all along, but they always tried. Um, my dad's a really good arbitrator. Um, he's a lawyer and whenever me and my brother would have a fight or me and my sister would have a fight, he'd like you know, typically punish me and explain why. And, uh, I never thought that he was unfair. I always believed that his decisions were fair because he was a very good communicator. Um, in Speechify, we have four core principles, extreme product quality, leading with love, frugality, and speed. We more, we're, we have a massive bias towards action. We ship fast. We're very frugal. We never waste money. We talk to users all the time. Um, and I, take care of everybody and they take care of me 
Uh, very similar to the relationships that I have with my siblings. So Tyler, my brother, leads the AI team at Speechify. My sister Geffen leads our ads team. Uh, my sister Alex uh, did her undergrad at Stanford and then her master's in AI there and worked at like Facebook and um, Apple before that. And she has a company called Amori that's an uh, AI dating product um, uh, that has a feature called Text for My Ex that is at this point pretty famous. And so I work very closely with Alex. Wish I could hire her. Um, <laughs> and Tyler and I lived together for like 80% of the time since I graduated college. Geffen and I have lived together for like 40% of the time and Alex at least for like six months of that time. So we all work together. We live either with each other or close to each other, very strongly collaborate. So one is, you know, this familial, familial aspect. And we have a lot of people in the company where like we'll hire someone and they're amazing and we'll then hire their sibling or their wife yeah. or their partner. Um, we yet, have yet to hire someone and then hire their parent. That, that hasn't happened yet. Um, but like this closeness and trust is really important. The intensity, the frugality, uh, the leading with love. Um, and so all those things are things I think I uh, I actually modeled after the example my dad said. Ah, man, sounds like uh, pretty incredible parents uh, Very with what they've done with their kids. That's amazing. Uh, and you're oldest of five? Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm second of five, so. Oh, amazing. Yeah. It's, it's, family is uh, an incredible thing. It really is uh, amazing, the influence. I, I feel like me and my dad, we usually, that was... Uh, business was what we talked a lot about as as kids and when I was a kid uh, and it was just fun to hear his perspective he consults with fortune 100s and uh, works with a lot of amazing companies and so it was just fun to always hear that and even as a little kid I was like fascinated by business strategy and business and how do you launch things and yeah uh, so awesome what do you think what has been surprising as speechify has grown what what has been different than you expected um you know you guys are getting into so many amazing things uh solving problems for tons of consumers what what's been surprising about the the journey there's a talk i gave maybe three months into working on speedify i was very confident i would succeed in getting to a million users in the first three months and obviously i didn't i think within the first three months of that talk i maybe got to nine thousand users um and so the numbers grow less quickly than you hope. Um, I think I finally got to a million users, maybe three years in. Um, and then obviously the growth continues to compound. That was the first thing. The second thing is I read a book by Tim Ferriss when I was 17 called The 4-Hour Workweek, which is an incredible book. I couldn't recommend it more highly. And he had a concept called the Muse Company, which is a company that makes enough money that you can focus on the other things in your life and you only need to manage it you know, four hours a week. Um, and so, you know, his idea was closer to $300,000 a year. I was like, if I make $100,000 a year, I'm fine. Um, but these things never last. There's no company making a million dollars a year that you can put on autopilot and not have a human in the loop and it will remain making a million dollars a year. Yeah. Like this is a fan. Um, and if you go in search of building stuff like this, you will become a very good operator if you never give up. And then eventually you'll find something that's really good, but you'll still need to spend time working on it. The only time that you will not need to spend time working on it is in one of two cases. The first case is you hire somebody else to do it. And the second case is if you get into real estate um, where you have an asset that throws off rent and doubles in value every 10 years uh, and you can offset your taxes and like that works really well um, and has intrinsic value unlike the stock market that goes up and goes out. Which is, by the way, why you see a lot of people who uh, are very wealthy later in their lives and invested heavily in real estate because it's doubled twice yeah. um, over the previous years um, and they can chill. Um, and so 
but real estate is going to grow at no more than you know five to seven percent per year and every like 10 years there'll be a dip but if you build a startup company it, that thing can 100 to a thousand x if you do the right stuff in a shorter period of time the other thing is a billion dollar company cannot be built in less than 10 years like you have to spend a long time laying down the foundation for something like that and there are companies out there that like raise at a billion dollar valuation within like two to three years but like that's not a billion dollar company in reality yeah that's a company that like happens to have raised based on the vision for what will come in the future. Yeah. Um, we have an amazing leadership team at Speedify. Um, and one thing that I developed as a leadership principle for me, at least, is Speedify doesn't have managers. It has leaders, um, which means that each person leading a team is still spending 60 to 80% of their time hands-on keyboard coding, designing, talking to users. People at Speedify lead from the front. We would never let someone enter the organization whose vision of what they're going to do is predominantly to manage. Like you are responsible for the task. Other people on your team and can help you with the task. It happens to be that you are the leader if you are the most competent person in the group. Um, but you're not just here to tell other people what to do ever. This includes me. Um, as a result, I don't want to spend my time managing people, which means that we only hire people who are very self-directed and have a great sense of urgency themselves. And so I don't like one-on-ones. Um, there's seven people who report into me and the, most of our calls are ad hoc. They call me, I call them, we text, we figure out, you know, how to solve problems. But sometimes, you know, it's not the case that I never need to talk to anybody in a week. I talk to everybody in the leadership team probably every single day. Um, and a lot of that is because things are working out. And so, you know, we're upping the ante and we try to move faster and solve bigger problems and go after, you know, more challenging things. And uh, I'm probably the person who adds the most work to people's low workload as opposed to, you know, solving problems that are in the way. But I've also been the ghost in the machine for about like three and a half, four years. Like the business can run perfectly well without me because the team is like so amazing. And I'm not responsible for 10% improvements. I'm responsible for like 10x improvements. Yeah. So that's what I spend a lot of time thinking about. Um, the next is um, how important strategy is. So for example, we really cracked performance marketing as a form for customer acquisition. Um, how amazing consumer subscription businesses are and how important conviction is. So to achieve intensity, which is where you are able to rise to the occasion and uh, the full measure of you as a man or woman comes out and where you feel self-actualized, um, that intensity typically comes from you having really great conviction in a certain direction and having great urgency with which you want to fulfill that conviction. So a great example is, you know, during the civil rights movement, MLK had really great conviction that things should change. And he didn't have that many resources in terms of like finances or anything like that, but he's a great speaker. And he was willing to put his life in danger in order to achieve those outcomes. Similar for you know Nelson Mandela after he was in prison for many years. Um, and I think that the most satisfying thing for someone building a business is if you can be truly a missionary about what you're building and you really believe in orange chocolate ice cream or whatever the project is that you're working on. Yeah. Um, and I was blessed to have that with having a vision to solve dyslexia and uh, make Texas speech much more accessible and make sure that every book is accessible as an audiobook and also every email and every PDF. Um, and I had that from the very beginning and writing out my thoughts was super, super helpful to me. The next thing is loyalty. Um, and I'll say one more thing before that, how unimportant university degrees are. So I think that there was a point in my life where I was like, oh yeah, I want to hire people from Stanford and Harvard and all this. But like, that's like utter nonsense. The most talented people I've met didn't even go to school in the US. They went to a yeah. school that like you never heard of. Um, it takes, you know, any one of these schools can take 10x incoming students that are qualified um, for every single class. I'd say now it's closer to 20 or 30. Um, and so it's a lottery. And so by definition, some people will not end up there and they'll develop great character. 
Um, and humans are humans. You know, there's a random distribution. Um, one thing I'll say is that a little bit of slope makes up for a lot of y-intercept. So it doesn't matter where you started. It's your growth rate that matters. And if you grow in an exponential manner, um, that's even more valuable. Um, and so uh, people who obsess about growth are really important. Um, one thing I've learned is that the only smart people are people who read books. Um, if you do not consume books, um, you are playing by the seat of your pants and maybe depending on a couple of like deep talents that you have naturally. But the only people who actually figure out how to solve problems and make strategy are people who are like incessant learners. Um, and then you add that to natural skill and that's beautiful. Yeah. Um, there's a bunch more, but I'll stop there. No, I, I love it. I was writing down quotes. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, I, and I think that's such a shift we're seeing. I think that's where we got into such a dangerous place in the entrepreneurial world as we started, you know, things were worth a billion dollars in two years. And like you said, it's like, is that really the value? And, and I love that you said, you know, multi-billion dollar companies don't get built in less than 10 years. And, and that's, I think, another thing we're starting to see. Like, I, you know, when I talk to people and they ask, like, why are you an entrepreneur? It's like, that's like, who I am like that'd be like why are you a human I don't know um that's just who I am that's a piece of me and and I think that that's where we're seeing some of this shift where we were so you know you had people jumping into the entrepreneurial world the startup world who just were like I just want to be a billionaire and it's like well that's a horrible reason to do this do you love the process of building and solving problems and working with customers and making them happy and, and solving problems in a way that really has an impact on their on their real life. Uh, and, and I think that's a marked difference from what a lot of people were doing. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, well, dude, that's, that, I loved your uh, little bit of slope makes up for, for Y-intercept. Uh, yeah, I'll give credit to that to Valentin Perez where I got that from. Uh, that's a great quote. Um, well, books uh so top top books like if someone comes to you one of my favorite things to ask other readers is what is a book that like most people have probably not read uh because i love i think once you get way into reading as you can tell i love reading uh, i'm obsessed with audiobooks i love re reading physical books I, I read very quickly um so yeah like what's one of those books that like you're like man more people should read this but haven't well so one, if you want my book recommendations, is the Search Cliff Weitzman uh, books medium, and there's a list of like the all all the books that have had it. the most impact on. Um, I have averaged a hundred books a year every year for the last like eighteen years. Um, one, so mainly the most impactful books in my life have been fantasy books, um, and the way I read fantasy books, I put myself in the shoes of the main character, and it's like running a simulation on your life of what decision would you make in this moment. I find them like super inspiring. So The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson is my favorite book of all time. Love it. Uh, oh, really? Oh, Let's go. Oh my gosh, dude. So, book one is so amazing. I've struggled with some of the later books, but I could read book one three times a year so and not get sick of it. Here's the solution. Number one, perfect book to listen to at 3x speed. <laughs> yeah. Number two, um, if there are characters that you don't find engaging, just skip their chapters. Yeah. Like, yeah. just... Like for the, at certain points, I will just read the Kaladin chapters and I'll skip over, you know, yeah. I love, but like I'll skip over the Shalon ones that are like not that engaging. If something's uh -huh. engaging, I'll keep going. That's one. 
uh, I mean, Mistborn too, Kelsier, like what oh, an amazing yeah. character. Um, so I love that universe. Yeah. Um, Red Rising is also really good. Uh, obviously, Ender's Game. Um, and I just get so much joy. Oh, okay. So let's go to fantasy and sci-fi books that people don't know about but should. Um, one is called Beware the Chicken. Um, it is what absolutely it hilarious. Beware the Chicken. Beware the ch- I haven't read that. It is so funny and so wise and so interesting and so likable. Uh, the premise is uh, you have this guy from Canada who uh, basically switches lives with a person who like lives in essentially an anime world and uh, people can like bend energy to their will. Um, and he is in like this extremely competitive school. And the reason why they switch is this guy basically like is in a duel and essentially dies, but like his soul comes back, but it's like this random dude from Canada. Um, and so this Canadian dude is like, I don't want to be here. This is just like so competitive for no reason. So he leaves the university and finds like a small portion of the countryside. But he's like the best farmer ever because he could carry like more weight than everybody else. He can run more than everybody else. He also knows all this technology from like the modern world that like doesn't exist here. And so all he wants to do is like live a happy life, get married and like make maple syrup and like invent (laughs) hockey and like all this stuff. It's so good. He's such a likable character. And like, dude, that is great. Oh, it's an amazing series. I love it. So beware the chicken. Beware the chicken. Uh, beware the chicken. Um, so another thing that happens in this book is like, so he knows how to essentially harvest chi. And so he harvests chi into the uh, grain that he creates. And so animals that eat it start developing sentience. Um, and uh, they look at him as like the their great leader. And like this uh, world is very much based on like respect for elders and more powerful people. But like, he's so humble and all of his animals are like, oh, the great master. He's so humble. <laughs> um, very, and like, if you especially if you listen this. to like audiobook, the audiobook is incredibly narrated. It's like, yeah, so. Um, and they do the same thing from like the perspective of the animals. Like, what does a rooster care about? What does like a pig care about? But like, it's great. So that's exa- an example. Another uh, book I would say is The Demon Accords. Demon Accords. Um, Demon Accords. It's like a seven, no, it's like a 20 book series and it's the most addictive fantasy sci-fi book series i have ever read especially the later books incredible about ai the earlier books incredible about like fey and you know witches and vampires and stuff like that but it's all set in modern day in new york city um it's like incredibly written very 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 deep characters um, especially if you're someone who likes to be considered an underdog and then like prove people wrong. Amazing series. Um, and then more intellectual ones. Uh, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Thus, spoke Zara- Thus Spoke Zarathustra by Nietzsche is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I would recommend actually, this is not a book, but uh, two podcasts. One is called How to Take Over the World by Ben Wilson. Um, and he basically will go and read like three or five primary sources about different characters, anywhere from Julius Caesar to Edison to Napoleon. And he'll write a podcast um, that skips over all the stuff that we all know and talks about the stuff that is less obvious, but made them successful. Um, and it's an incredible uh, podcast, How to Take Over the World by Ben Wilson. Similarly, Founders by David Sereno is absolutely phenomenal. Um, he will find biographies that people typically do not 
read, you know, literally go hunt down this book for like $5,000 that you, like, you can't access about Bernard Arnault or whomever. Um, and then he will summarize those books and he does a really good job, super high quality. So those two uh, have been some of my favorite things to listen to over the last year. Yeah, that's amazing. Uh, have you read uh, yeah. We Are Legion, We Are Bob? No, what is oh, this? Oh, man. It sounds a lot like Beware the Chicken. So it's it's basically an AI that uh, can split itself and it and it's exploring the universe. And then it runs back oh. into itself later. Uh, it's unbelievable. It's hard to describe, but it's, it's so good. Uh, it's unbelievable. Uh, and then Name of the Wind. Have you read Name of the Wind? Oh, so I wrote a whole song about the life of Quoth in the style of Lynn Miranda. Yeah, I'm obsessed with the name of Oh my gosh. Dude, I I think I check on the third book like twice a week. I'm just like, dude, come on. Uh, Are you, like what what do you think the likelihood is that Patrick Rothfuss finishes that? I think he's gonna finish it. And I think yeah. if he's not Brandon Sanderson, look it over. Yeah. That's uh Brandon Sanderson's the 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 pinch hitter that you bring in at some point i'm like dude yeah maybe patrick should just have him do it like hey i'm so stressed about this he's gonna go as as long as he can and then like you know um what's wheel of times the author there oh yeah jordan robert jordan yeah yeah brand centers are just so good and he writes so fast and he's so good at synthesizing ideas and developing characters that insane you already have a series and you know the goat that wrote it can't put up brandon sanderson will go and do it for you <laughs> he he, sh- he actually lives just uh like five miles from me here in oh utah. no way yeah yeah he's uh he's a utah guy yeah he uh he published you know his secret novel series yeah he i just finished the first one so he declined to publish on audible and said he published it on speechify so if you want to listen no to way. the audiobooks speechify yeah dude that's amazing um, yeah his family are big speechify users uh have you been able to to meet him talk to him yeah, yeah i went to his house uh last year yeah oh nice and then we found yeah he, we, we we collaborate a lot on like the audiobook space dude, he's a great dude that is awesome uh my dude, secret dream that is not that secret is that there's nothing i want more than to play Kaladin in the movie and I like i literally picked up staffing just so that i could do all the martial arts portions like I would love, love to be part of making that movie. Dude, that's amazing. Is he making it? Is that... Uh, yes. In the works? So, he's going to make all of the books into movies. Yeah. And, you know, very Marvel, Disney, cinematic universe. Yeah. Uh, we'll, see, we'll see what happens. Yeah. What's your, in the Cosmere, what's like the book you struggle with the most? Or, or maybe it's just not... The book I struggle with the most to get into? Yeah, just, yeah. I think mine's Elantris. I, I like it, but it's it's. You def- said Elantris? Yeah, yeah. I haven't read Elantris. I I started like three times, and every yeah. time I get distracted, I read another book. Yeah, that's. I will read it eventually. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, I mean, it's look, hard. You know what's crazy is Mistborn. I tried twice, and dropped it. And my brother was like, "You're insane. Go read. Go read Mistborn." And so I tried a third time, and then I finally got into it. Yeah. But he needed to pitch it to me. Like the only reason I went in. Is he was like Cliff? You think you're similar to Kaladin, bro? You are exactly like Kelsier. You need to go read this book. <laughs> Stop telling people that you're like Kaladin. You're like Kelsier. And I was like, okay, fine, I'll go read it. And I was like, all right, 
you were kind of correct. Does your whole family read? Everyone's readers? Me, my brother, and my mom are like addicted to audiobooks. Okay. Um, my the whole family is readers, but like we are the the three that are insane. Yeah, yeah. It's amazing how I, I talking about you know family and what family gives you. My mom's uh, is a uh, school teacher, elementary school teacher, who kind of focused on uh, the way that children learn and and child wow. behavior. And so our house, similar to these shelves, I mean, that was my entire house growing up. I mean, it was just books wow. everywhere. Every surface was covered in books. Uh, and so that was just, and my dad's a huge reader too. So it's amazing. I think that's one of the greatest things that, uh, that you can give kids. And, and I love that, that part about Speechify, that you guys are, are helping those people who it's tough for. So Yeah, 100%. It's a wonderful thing to be able to work on. That's amazing. Well... Uh, to kind of, and we're past time, time just flown by, especially once we start talking about books. Um, but one of the last things I wanted to ask you, I think you've accomplished so much. Like I look at your resume and the things you've done, I'm like, dude, what am I doing with my life? Like, you know, it's funny. I'm about to turn 30. So I'm 29. Uh, I have six months and, uh, I spent a lot of time with ChatGPT. I like, I'm obsessed. Um, and I went down this path of being like, help me figure out the 200 people that have accumulated the most power by the age of 35 in the history of the world. And also give me the 200 people that have made the most money by the age of 35 in the history of the world. And then for each one of these people rank um, them in five categories of the style of power that they have financial, political, physical, cultural, and intellectual. And uh, I literally built a polynomial from one to 10, uh, sorry, from one to hundred ranking all of them. And I started reading through it. And like, I knew 70%, but like 30% I didn't know. And like, blues my mind like what amazing people have existed and i'm like god damn it like i am not nearly to the place that i want to be right now in my life and so i think no matter who you are and what you are everybody feels this like big desire to you know level up um and you know i hope i can i hope i can make it yeah well well you've done amazing things one of the things i wanted to ask you was as you've done that i mean you've accomplished a lot so much it's incredible seeing you i'm a fan what has brought you joy uh, and what has surprised you and what brings you joy as you've, as you've gone through your career? I think that first of all, the thing that gives me the most joy is like Sunday morning cuddling in bed with my girlfriend. Um, like spending time on love is by far the highest ROI activity. Yeah. Um, I really, I really want to get a dog for this reason. Like I haven't succeeded in like logistically justifying it <laughs> yet, but hopefully by the end of next year, I'll do it. The number two is, fan is fantasy audiobooks. Like, if I'm hit by a bus and I can't move, just keep me alive and feed me Brandon Sanderson audiobooks at 3x speed. Like, I will be, that is an existence I would be very happy to live forever. Um, next is parkour. So I do the sport. It's like a mix of gymnastics and martial arts. And yeah. I'm obsessed with, like, backflips and front flips and doing corks and all. And like, I could train for, like, six hours in a row. And it's like a video game for me. And what I love about it is... It is intrinsically valuable for me. There's a word, I forget how to say it. I'm going to Google it after this, which is a thing that you do for the sake of itself. Um, and that is how I feel about parkour and gymnastics and fantasy audiobooks. Like, yes, they develop me, but like, I'm not reading my fantasy audiobook because I want to figure out like in the next version of special relativity. I'm just enjoying the book. Now, it's much different than 
watching TV or, you know, anything else. And I, and I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke. Like I've never been high, never been drunk. Um, and that's the other thing that is like a major superpower. And I see consistently is uh, by and large people who consume um, weed, uh, I find either go down a uh, not great path eventually or just are masking uh, challenges. And if you don't kind of face it and develop your life in such a way that you find the happiness, um, it, it, it makes it way, way more difficult to figure it out. Um, and so the things that give me joy uh, are those things and the team. So there's 120 people who work at Speechify. Um, I've lived for the last six years with seven of the leadership team and we flip a new location every like four to five months. And so living with my team is like one of the most amazing things. And um, you asked me earlier things that were unexpected. One was loyalty. Um, less people stuck around than I thought would throughout the process. Yeah. Um, and so I've been disappointed by people every once in a while and, and it hits hard uh, because you pour your life and soul into people and you develop them and when they leave, like it's really like heart wrenching for me. Um, but there are people who have stuck around and have been with me for like seven years. And I love those people with all my heart and I appreciate them so much. And seeing them grow is just so incredible to me. And uh, that is like, that is the spice of life. Like there are people in my life, specifically I'm thinking of Simon Kostadinov, um, who is COO of Speechify now, but he started as an intern. He's my brother. Like my brother is my brother. Like that is like being able to adopt people into your family because you've gone through so many trials and tribulations together. You know, my friend Valentin Perez, another good example. That is amazing. Like that's so beautiful to me. And so I think, yeah, spending time on love. Uh, and there's this great word in Tibetan, mudita, um, the opposite of Scheidenfreude from German. Uh, mudita is the feeling of well-being you get from the thriving of others uh, in a way that it's not for your benefit, but just purely for their benefit. Um, and so I think that the more you get to feel mudita for others, uh, the happier your life is. Um, and the last one is just uh, you know, singing, dancing, whatever, but general gratitude, like writing down your gratitude. Uh, and sitting in it um, is the thing that gives the most faith and so the most joy. And so, yes, the advancement in terms of progress and progressive overload and making yourself a better person, like that is like really powerful for me. But the, at the end of the day, it's just spending time on love. Yeah, I love it. Great message. Well, how did you, uh, tubita, is that the word you said? Mudita. Mudita. It's in, I think, Tibet. That is awesome. Yeah. Uh, and I, and I think that's also such like when you get to that point where you truly want other people around you to succeed, even if it means in some ways, you know, not benefiting you, uh, you know, it's just such a pure form of love. That's so beautiful. That's awesome. Well, uh, any other final remarks, any kind of, obviously people should go download the app, uh, for sure. Yeah, so the word that I was looking for before it's autotelic. It's something that you do for the sake of itself. Autotelic. Um, uh, final remarks. Listen to audiobooks, especially The Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. You can find it on the audiobooks app. Uh, Jay, if you're going to listen to the second um, book in the Secret uh, series, download it on Speechify Audiobooks. Um, and uh, Speechify in the App Store or on the Chrome Store. Uh, and it'll teach you how to listen at 3x speed and save you a lot of time while you're cooking or driving or working out while listening instead of having to sit with your head in a book. Love it. And then if you want to find more, you know, stuff from me, uh, Cliff Weitzman, C-L-I-F-F-W-E-I-T-Z-M-A-N. Um, there's a couple of other podcasts on Spotify. The best one is probably with Ali Abdal. Um, and then there's a bunch of content on YouTube and Medium that you can uh, explore. Do you do you post your parkour anywhere? 
I got into YouTube in the beginning through YouTube. So if you search Cliff Weissman Parkour, you will find okay. videos, um, especially from like 2012 of me going very, very hard and doing like flips between buildings and stuff. It's great. I love it. Now most parkour goes on Instagram. So if you go Cliff Weissman Instagram, there's okay. a lot of like, you know, story reels from me training still today. Any, were you ever afraid of heights? That was never a fear? I was never afraid of heights. Um, I do do expected value calculations for most things in life. And uh, if something is a negative infinity, I don't do it. So uh, I will like jump between roofs, like one story, but like second, third story, I don't do it because if you fall, you're like, you're kind of screwed. If you fall yeah. off, like the first story, you'll sprain your ankle. Maybe you'll really, you're not going to break your leg. You're not sprain your ankle. Um, so that's fine. Uh, so I do it safely. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I was going to, last comment, I was going to say, uh, we are Legion, we are Bob, the opening scene, the guy who gets hit by a bus. And that's how, oh. that's how he gets his, his consciousness uploaded. So, uh, when you said that, I was Very, like, you're going to love this book so much. <laughs> I have a try. Okay. Awesome, Jay. Thanks yeah, again for, for coming on and, uh, being willing to share all your wisdom. Super awesome to learn from you. Yeah, my pleasure. 